Give up the wallet, man. Give it up. Oh. Welcome to the neighborhood. What? You scared the hell out of me. Imagine that. I met our new neighbor. And? He has a very special brand of humor. He's got security lights. Your outside lights are shining right into our upstairs. See how that could be annoying? But I don't need you putting your bedroom scenes out here for my kids to see. The tires are flat. They're slashed. See anyone? No. I just see you. The man never made an actual threat against your life, and he has the color issue on his side. And that color happens to be blue. figure out a way to deal with this. Or what? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You didn't ask my permission to plant I'm the police. You have to do what I say. Lakeview Terrace. You guys are lucky. You have a cop living next door. <laughs> Rated PG-13. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Choose a side in a clone wars. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another Clone Wars, where two similar pieces of media clash to be crowned champion. Two go in, and only one comes out. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they're the boys in blue? Bad boys, bad boys. Uh, so we're going to be talking about corrupt cops, a, a pair of maniac cops yet again. Uh, and obviously, of, of all the maniacs and, and corrupt individuals that I know, I had to get Dennis back on to talk about these films. So Dennis, how are you? This shit just got real. It did, it did. It did. These these are some seriously bad boys in these films. But yes, so we I wasn't going to release anything in November because I was going to have a rest. But I thought, fuck it. Dennis is always ready. He's ready for an unlawful entry. Always. He's ready to visit Lakeview Terrace and make and make that unlawful entry. Yep. Um. He's often tried to make uh, an awful uh, awful unlawful entry into my own body uh when we are alone um what do you mean tried tried attempted it it didn't happen didn't happen you you, you're there ready (laughs) you're you're awful you're an awful human being dennis it's not my fault you're you're a brute you're brutal you're a brutal brutal you've gone pretending to pick up the soap then you don't even have the soap anymore. That is like that is like Maniac Cop. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets it. He gets it bad in the showers. Yeah, uh, well, most mostly around the face. Luckily, mostly. your show is quite big because I'm quite yes. a large fellow. It is. It, I, I I know Dennis. I I know unlawful entries and all. Anyway, it is. Well, don't worry, Dennis. This is going to get very serious because we're we'll talking about some very serious topics today. So it's a little bit different for us because usually it's a horror film. So this this has some horrific elements, but they're both more of a thriller, which I I don't I'm not sure if I've done an out and out thriller, uh, let alone two on the show before. Disclosure in there. 
There's no Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, there is no Michael Jackson, even though that impression was top tier. Uh, there is just some great acting, some some very good writing, and great filmmaking, because I very much enjoyed both of these films. So Unlawful Entry from 1992, uh, starring Ray Liotta, Madeline Stowe, and Kurt Russell. And then we also have Lakeview Terrace from 2008, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Kerry Washington, and Patrick Wilson. This is different for us. Are you, are you looking forward to these? Have you enjoyed these? Yes, very much so. I, I like both of the movies. I hadn't seen Unlawful Entry for a very, very long time and thoroughly enjoyed it. Lakeview Terrace, I think I've only seen once, so I've watched it again today. Um, unlike my wife told me, we only watched this the other week. No, I didn't. Oh, you were out. Thanks. <laughs> Such a memorable we, watching yeah. experience. Who are you with? <laughs> um, but no, they're both they're both very very good movies. They're both mm. kind of the, like you said, they're out and out thrillers, twists and turns, but quite a lot of similarities, as mm. well as having like you know a massive difference as well. But I that as well, I yeah. Thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed them. Yes, I did too. I'd never seen them myself. Two perfect candidates for a clone boss. So you were speaking about some of the similarities. So uh, bear in mind, some of the things I'm going to mention are plot-wise and could potentially spoil stuff in the film. So if you're not down for that, fast forward quite a bit. I am. I am. I think it's impossible to talk about these two movies without using spoilers. without spoilers. True. Yeah, you can't really not. But just at this moment in time, we will be talking spoilers. So if you've not seen them and you're you're it's it's a thing in your life. Go and do something else for a minute and come back. Uh, So the reasons for comparison are both films are set in L.A. Both films' plot revolve around psychotic, corrupt LAPD police officers and their unhealthy fixation with a married couple. Both clearly influenced by several real-life events, including the Rodney King incident. Both films have almost identical runtime, only seven minutes in difference. Both films have sex scenes. Both films feature scenes where the protagonist and antagonist look under a car bonnet. Both films see the cop causing some friction between the married couple. Both protagonists grab sports equipment to fend off an intruder. Both couples have not decided whether or not they are going to have children. Both couples are close with lawyers who they consult about their problem with the cop. Both antagonists have a strong friendship with their law enforcement partners. Both antagonists have a tragic backstory. Both couples have recently moved into a new home with swimming pools that the wife swims in. And both feature sexual gags about police handcuffs. There you go. Quite a few similarities there. Yes. Yes. Very, they, they both include police cars. Yeah, those are it. Yeah. I, I knew you'd come up with more, Dennis. So keep going. Both, both have, have police uniforms. Both are set on a street. Yes, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Both have stairs. Both have living people. Both both are filmed with cameras and sound yeah, yeah, equipment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everybody in both movies is still alive. I mean, I mean, not, not everyone. No, because there's some people, the main characters. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, since we're going that way, why don't we talk about the first one? Let's talk about unlawful entry. Unlawful entry it just sounds like a porn movie, doesn't it? It does. I, I I do think that when I when I when I read the title, I was like, it sounds very good. I'm not 100 sold on the on the title, but I I still kind of like it as well. Yeah, I like it. I don't think it's good. I think it's a good title because it is. Yeah. An unlawful entry. Absolutely. And, and several unlawful hen- entries, again, happen in both films. 
wonder if you can say unlawful entry 10 times. Unlaw- say that three times, 10 times fast. Unlawful entry, unlawful entry, unlawful entry, unlawful entry. Uh, no. Tell us about the plot of unlawful entry, Dennis. Uh, a young, successful couple, youngish, who have got a nice house, nice careers. And then one evening, there's an incident. And this incident involves the police being called. But leading up to that, the female of the species is um, kind of threatened with a knife. Kind of. <laughs> okay, she's threatened to cut her head off. <laughs> um, the, the male, who is um, Kurt Russell on this one, is feels powerless. Hmm. I also think that's a theme through both of the movies as well. So the, the the husband feels powerless. He feels like he's, you know, not a man because he didn't protect his wife. Please come. One of them is Ray Liotta, who looks really young. He, he was quite a good-looking guy before the surgery, wasn't he? He's got like a charming menace to him, Ray Liotta. Yes. Obviously, obviously I quite recently watched uh, Goodfellas for the first time. <laughs> it's a great movie. And, and it, yeah, it's a classic. And uh, And he always has this kind of charm. But you know, deep, and he's he's probably one of the friends that you have that's a bit, it's got a little bit of a screw loose, but they're all right. But yeah. you wouldn't wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of them. No, you know, no, much much like yourself. Yes. So, eh? <laughs> so, <laughs> so straight away, you can see that the Rayleigh Otter police officer has a thing for the Madeline Store character. I mean, almost immediately, you know, he looks at her, longingly stares at her. And then he kind of um, involves himself within the family's life, whether it's um, helping them out with security, whether it's just calling by on the off chance of something going on, helping them with the security of the property. So he really kind of forces them within, you know, in the life. But in the background, he's also manipulating their relationship. You know, he's telling one Madeline Stoll these kind of stories about his life and things. So she's got a little bit of sympathy for him while basically showing um, Kurt Russell that he's a mean mother. The scene I'm gonna, well, I think we'll talk about anyway, because I think that, you know, the, the scene that kind of opens Kurt Russell's eyes to things. Kurt Russell's paranoid. He's worried about it. He's scared that this this guy is coming into his house all the time, doesn't want him anywhere near them. He's The reason why he's in Los Angeles and moved there is because he wants to open a, a nice nightclub. So he has a party and, you know, he always says he doesn't want the Ray Liotta character there. But again, he's injecting himself into kind of every aspect of their lives. And then the, the story kind of cascades, you know, he, they go and get try to get some help and these things don't go to plan. I don't want to go into too much of the plot because I think a lot of it we can, I think we discuss because yeah. I think it kind of yeah. lends lend itself. But it has a, it has for me, a quite satisfying ending. Very. I think I think there's, there's there's elements in it that are quite shocking. Going off what it, it says, a year after the LA riots, and there is there is definitely undertones of that. It's very nineties. The movie for me flies by. It's got you know these sort of movies have why class classes real running times. They're not seven hours or whatever. They start introduce people, protagonist. Da, 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 ending and that's what you kind of want the performances are brilliant you know Ray Liotta Russell and Madeline Starr are absolutely brilliant and I mean well, I absolutely love her I haven't watched her in anything for quite a while not not that I've been following her career but you know I've seen things like 12 Monkeys Stakeout things like that I, I just, you know what that's one I haven't seen the cowboy that's the cowboy yeah. one right yeah 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 yeah, yeah I've not seen that one but I, I forgot how deep her voice is it's quite yes. like a, a deep really deep voice but First it's kind of Sarah said <laughs> It's like, but it, but it, obviously it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a good voice. Oh, she's, 
you, you, in a way, you can kind of understand why um, Ray Liotta goes, well, hello. Because <laughs> she, she is stunning. She's, you know, Absolutely. She, she is kind of almost mesmerizingly beautiful. In some ways, I don't blame Ray Liotta <laughs> you know, to, to a point. Yeah. To a point. And there's, there's a ways and means act, you know, the way he goes about it. Probably yeah. not the best. Yeah, it's, not, um, it's the uh, it's, it's it's the uh, it's the means, not the ends, I guess. Yeah, um, and th- as the plot kind of it, he manipulates his own colleagues, he manipulates crime scenes. You know, he, he does he does a lot to kind of go up against uh, the Kurt Russell character. And there's a little, tiny little bit of like the Stockholm syndrome type thing where you know, yeah, gotta kind of help themselves sort of stuff and show that I love you. But I don't really. I'm just shitting my pants. Well, yeah. well, there's a bit. There's a bit of that where the attraction is actually real. It's not like yeah, she does she, because 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 of the way he's manipulating it, he's making hmm. Kurt Russell seem unhinged, jealous, yeah, angry. Um, angry at everything all the time. And because Kurt Russell is feeling emasculated and he can't save his wife, and it well not save her, but couldn't protect her. People who aren't into violence, or I think any situation would be very hard for them to kind of just just switch that on. Um, so he's feeling less of a man. And then you've got this tall, dark police man who's kind of, who can protect Madeline, who can look out of the house. And he kind of rubs this in Kirk's face a few times, you know, she needs a, she needs a man who can protect her. She's a man who can do this. And, you know, mm. that comes out within um, Kirk Russell's um, not very well. I think that whole, that whole idea you're talking about, that toxic masculinity is a big part of the both both films. Oh yeah, it's very much so. Yeah, and it's a huge thing, and it weighs on their mind. And this antagonism just grows and grows and grows. And I think in both films they do it quite well because it's not like all of a sudden. It's it's a gradual thing. There's also like the wives as well are all, are, are both initially like ah don't worry about it. It's fine. What are you talking about? No, don't worry. Uh, calm down. You know, don't overreact. I think that's done really well. That dynamic. And uh, he's charming, you know. Really, Otter is a char. You know, he charms them both. To mm, yeah, yeah. Start off with, he, he's very, you know, he is the sort of guy you'd want to have a barbecue with. You know, he is, he is a very charming. He looks like he's he's helping and protecting the, the, this couple. Um, and you know, I think most people would have fallen for it. That's that's the interesting thing as well with this this character. He very much is trying to be their friend and trying to help them, like. Like Kurt Russell, you know, he's talking to Ray Liotta about the attack, the, the guy who broke into their home and and tried to put, put a knife to Madeline Stowe's neck. He's going, oh, I'd, if I saw him again, I'd fucking kill him. And he's like, you're, but you're not a violent guy. That's not you. That's not what you do. He's like, I'm going to buy a gun. Yeah, I'm going to buy a gun. You know, I'm going to protect her. And I, I feel useless and helpless and, and impotent in a way, you know, lacking of power. Uh, you know, he's just, he needs to do something. He can't. He doesn't know how to deal with it emotionally. And then Ray Lotter's like, yeah, come for a ride along. We'll have a ride along. You'll see what it's really like. And he experiences it. And and he's like, yeah, fair enough. You've, to be fair play to Ray Lotter, he has gone above and beyond mm. what a cop should have done, really. Yeah. But that's when the, the trouble starts, is when he comes back and he starts to befriend everyone. But they go on this ride along and then he drops his partner off and then they drive somewhere else. He's like, we've got one more stop. And he finds the guy. And he goes, right, kick the living shit out of him, pull his fucking heart out, whatever you said you were going to do, now's the time to do it. And Kurt Russell says, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not me. This is, you know, we just said that. We were just saying it. He was like, oh, we're just bullshitting. 
And then uh, he does a little, uh, he does an amazing little daredevil act as well when he throws that stick at the nightstick at the guy running away. He does, yeah. I was, I was like, that is, that's pretty, that's pretty sick. But again, he absolutely brutalizes him. And I believe he puts a complaint in as well, doesn't he? Um, yes. The same guy, uh, which happens again in Lakeview Terrace as well. More similarities. Yeah, black guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. So, yeah, same again. And it, it, it is kind of, you know, looking through the eyes of, you know, a year earlier, having this NYPD hmm. officer. LA. LA. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, LA, LAPD officer um, pinning a guy up, a black guy up against the wall and then hmm. beating him with his nightstick and, you know, then throwing him with it. That scene then leads on to me, which, which I think is quite interesting, is it changes the dynamic of the relationship hmm. because Kurt Russell's seen the brutality of it and is quite shocked by it when Madeline's like, well, he's got him. I don't care how he did it. I feel a lot safer now. He's yeah. done a good job. He's, yeah, but you didn't see him. It was like, you know, you it, 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 didn't deserve that sort of stuff. He goes, well, yeah, I, I think he did. I think everything's fine. He's off the street. Thanks, thanks, Rayleigh Otter and stuff. And they, they get closer because of that. Because she's seen, why is he defending the, the guy who put a knife to my throat? It's a good thing he's done that. And you can kind of understand that as well. You know, yeah. She feels a lot safe. This guy's off the street, but you know Kirk is looking through through the eyes of you know the guy who's quite placid, emasculated, quite kind of like career driven. He wants you know wants a nice quiet life. Saw this guy get his you know the shit kicked out of him. He doesn't have a hit in him to do that, and he thinks he'd gone too far with it. Well, Madeline's like, well, you put a knife to me, thought, hey hell, never mind. And that starts the little the kind of the change I think in what they both want then. Because she yeah. could kind of like, not doesn't doesn't have an affair, but kind of looks at Rayleigh Otto a little bit different, yeah. and looks looks at him, looks at Kurt Russell the way he's feeling, like mm. he's a less of a man. And like she doesn't lead him on. I wouldn't say she no, leads him on, absolutely not, uh, or anything like that. I think she just spends time with him, gets to know him, and begin begins to genuinely be attracted to him. And, and safe. I think it's a safe yeah. thing. Yeah, I exactly. think I think you know, I, you, we all want to feel safe. I want to feel safe. Sure. You know, and you know, if a woman or a man makes you feel that, you're gonna you're gonna emanate to that person, aren't you? And with you got Kurt Russell being a bit of a dick about his bits, you know, not being able to do what he wants to do, and not kind of being happy about the guy getting caught. He wasn't caught; he was beaten. You know, you you kind of get the why she she emanates. She comes to him and sees that he's safe. He will protect her. I think there's something to be said like we were talking about just that powerlessness. Cause I remember years ago when I was at college, there was uh, one of our friends at college um, got uh, outside of a bar, got all of a sudden before we knew what was going on, got, got hit by a guy when he was out smoking. And I, I think I had a split second kind of opportunity to, to, to throw myself in there and, you know, help him and, you know, and and hit this guy, and I didn't. And then the and I was the only other bloke there, so it was like people were like, well, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you, you know, are you a coward and things like that? And I was like, fuck, you know, I can't. There's nothing I can really say that would make any more sense that other than I was afraid, which it was. Yeah, I was afraid, and I think I'm a bit more of a. It's a fight or flight response, isn't it? And I think I was definitely more of a. I'm definitely more of a flight person. I think when something like that goes down, I'm like, if I'm any, if I stay, anything could happen. If I'm gone, then I'm not in this situation, sort yeah. of thing. So, but I've definitely felt 
that helplessness and that oh god yeah you know like who who hasn't i think as as a as a as a man or you know as a as a woman as well like that just utter helplessness and that kind of the despair that comes from that the frustration and the you know when there's nothing there's literally nothing you can do and I think that's the most relatable things again about about this these films. But again, that maybe that leads into that toxic masculinity thing and that yeah one-upmanship and that rivalry that the the antagonism that that comes out in the film. I, th- I think I think it's a, a fair point because I'm I'm usually quite on the fence with things with with whether I'll be able to do something or not do something. You know, from somebody who got beaten to death by eight people and then not been able to kind of to the site app and maybe not be able to leave the house and things because of it, it does affect everything. You're thinking, I'm, I'm less I'm less of a man, I'm less what I would want to do. But that then turns into kind of toxic, kind of like, I'll do anything to protect anybody. I'll yeah. do this, I'll do that, I'll do the other. Mm. But, you know, I think when push comes to shove, I think I'd want to protect people, but not by getting into a fight, by stopping it getting to that point. Yeah. I, I talking and, and trying to and trying to do that way. And when, when, when in the police, you know, I, I never went in and shouted first because I think once you shouted you've lost the argument it's all about kind of yeah. talking and building up so I think that came from that but I, I I kind of looked at the Kurt Russell character more than in in the second movie and kind of related to him a little bit because I think I would be shocked from <laughs> from somebody who's been yeah. you know been uh, you know close to violence and things you know in the police work in the prison service and things yeah. and then to see it in front of me I would be shocked by it I don't like violence, you know, real, real life violence. I don't like no. stuff like that. That's why I watch it on TV. That's why I watch movies. Exactly. You know, it, it's, it's not, it's not what I like. And I think I would very much be the Kirk Russell in this. I think mm. I'd, I'd want to do it. And I'd, I'd be, I'd be kind of like, yeah, he's off the street. It's fine. But thinking, hang on a minute, who's really the bad person here? You know, I'm not that I trust the police anyway, but there you mm. go. <laughs> but yeah, but then there's also that institutionalized racism as well. And, and obviously not so much in this film, but there is an undercurrent, like you said, of what happened with Rodney King and yeah. and the LA police force. I think I'm pretty sure Kurt Russell went on to do another police drama. I think it was Dark Blue. Dark Blue, which, yeah. Which is about racism. And I, th- yeah. I, I think it's yeah. set in LA as well. So yeah. um it, it's you know, it's clearly something he's very passionate about or interested in, or he thinks it's a um, you know, you know, it needs to be looked into more. There needs to be more internal affairs done. It's simmer. It's simmering under underneath the kind of main plot of you know they're all white. The protagonists, of course, but um, because this is the nineties, it's just the way it was. But he does have a he does have a black partner. He does, yeah. And he yeah. trusts he trusts him. You know, implicitly, he likes him. He's cool with him until until he's not. Yeah. So. The, you, you get the impression very early on that his partner knows that he's a little bit unhinged. Hmm. There's a few little questions that he, he kind of drops in conversations and things, you know, like he's perhaps done something like this before, or he's gone a little bit too far. So there are little things, you know, dotted around and they're almost like throwaway comments, but I like that. I like, it's not like a big deal, you know, at the very beginning, he doesn't, you know, talk to me, say you need something. It's like, well, you know, uh, how are you and the, how are you and the wife getting on? You know, little things like that, just to give you a little taste that perhaps he knows. Who is uh, played by TC from uh, Magnum PI? Magnum PI. He's got. He's quite ripped in it, isn't he? As well. He's yeah, got, he's still got, got a good bod. Yeah, he's still got a good bod. Tra- tragically, very recently passed away in August. Yeah. Um, I think he was. I think he's great in this. I think he's fantastic. He is, yeah, he is. Looks a bit. Looks a bit odd without the tash, though. I'm quite used to him having a tash. Yeah, 
he's almost like the moral compass in it, though, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And like, and again, he's torn as well because he he actually, you know, he's his partner, Ray Liotta. He trusts him with his life, day in, day out. And but he knows something not quite right about it, and that's why Kurt Russell goes to him and he's like, you know, be honest with me, tell me what I need to know. You need to know what's been going on. You probably do know what's been going on. Um, and I think I think it might have been that he's fancied men's wives before and he shagged them or got rid of them. And I think this this is probably the own. I don't I don't think maybe that it got that far in these other situations, but maybe it did. But who knows? Maybe he beat up the bloke and had to run away, or or the woman got hurt or something. But I have a feeling it never went that far down the line where it's like murdering people uh, up until when he needs to, when he requires to, uh, to to save his own skin. Well, you see, that's that's when that happens. He looks absolutely crazy. It look that to me. That's the moment where he loses the plot completely. Yeah. You know, because he's properly planned it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And just, just to, to kind of look at his face, you know, and... No going back after that. No, no, he's he's done it. Yeah. So, you know, he gets given his, his the partner just basically says, like, you need you need to go, go in, take some time off, maybe go and get some help from somewhere and then come back and we can carry... So it's not like he's been he's been a dick about it. No. It's like, no, you need to go and get some help. It's not, it's not unreasonable. It's no. not an unreasonable ask, is it? Nope, not at all. But it's... um. It's quite you can't you know it's going to happen because of the way they build up to it, but it's I, I was still kind of like Sarah and Amy like, oh, <laughs> that's just happened, and it's like, well, yep, he's um he's he's mental, but then then he's also framed um Kurt Russell at this point, hasn't he as well? Yeah, that's true. That was the only thing I didn't really. I, I, it felt it felt a bit like Daredevil born again a little bit, where he's like ruining the guy's life and stuff. That was the only thing I felt. There was just a little bit unbelievable that he has, he can do all this just from being like a beat cop. It seems to, it was, it seemed a little too outlandish for me that he could still, he could mess with the records, he could do that, yep. he could bring this up, he could do this. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just felt like it was a, that was a little too easy because we never actually see him do it. We only see the ramifications of him doing it. And we're like, oh yeah, he just did this off camera. He did this off camera. I, I think I would have preferred if he knew somebody, and he paid them off mm. to do it, rather than you know. Yeah, well, you know, he, he may have done because there's a few scenes when they're around that like um, um, food place, that diner, aren't they? Where they're all mm. low life kind of you know drug dealers and things like true, that. True, true, true. So, and I, you know what, I do, I do agree with you. I do, I don't. It's it's a bit too much for me that yeah. I, I'd rather him framing for something else like a act of violence or you know say he punched Rayleigh Otto and rest him for doing this and the the bribe for instance that that would have been more believable than finding or, or if he drugs. if he if he framed the murder of TC on Kurt Russell yeah as yeah. as opposed to the criminal that he does pin it on that with with Kurt Russell's gun that he's already bought which he knows he's already bought yep I do like that it implies that Kurt Russell is just coming in and out of the house as he pleases and like hanging around and watching. It's like, I was like, I know you didn't go to sleep last night. He was like, how do you know that? Because I drove past in our cop car. You well, know. there's the, the, the there's the intimate scene, which is um um ended abruptly, isn't it? Mm, very, very intimate. That that to me, it was the seeing that at the end of my bed. Not that I do anything intimate these days, unless I'm on my own. And then I just give up <laughs> anyway. Um, but to, to, to kind of 
see somebody at the end of your bed would kind of just hmm. on it. Um, and again, it's it's kind of just thrown out that he, you know, heard an alarm. He did this. He did that. He's coming, making sure they're okay. It's just like, no, you're 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 not you're not all there, mate. Yeah, he ain't all there, is he? I had one of my we had a we and my friends used to when we first moved to Manchester after uni, we all lived together. And we did have a couple of we had a, I think we had a break in in every place we lived in, and and two of the occasions the lads were in the room when the guy came in, and there was one guy who said because uh, he had his headphones in he, he was listening to his uh, iPod and he was like I've got a gun give me your iPod or I'm gonna fucking shoot you and he obviously just gave him the iPod and went and then I wake him up in the morning open the open the door and the police are there I'm like what the fuck and then he's like yeah yeah i got broken into and and then the other one was this uh was this again a very similar thing where the guy broke in and stepped i think stepped over his laptop uh to get to his new phone um but this guy that my friend who lived there was like he's like i think he's six something six five six six maybe um and he stood up and the guy absolutely shit himself and ran out jumped out the window basically <laughs> the tragic thing is it's not it's in within the realms of possibility it's not oh yeah 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 it's, it's not you know but is it if, is it going to lead to a violent conclusion not necessarily because they're usually more scared than you are but still it's 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 a very real thing yeah and it is and i, I wouldn't know how to react to it and it ruined the, the intimate scene completely for me because Madeline looked great. So. I read I read as well that the uh, Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe refused body doubles. Thank God for that. So that's all them. That's all them, what? baby. I'm not bothered about him. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he has got buns of steel. Paul Russell. <laughs> but you know the bit when he gets she's, taken... She's, get, she's getting the Russell Terrier. Oh, she doesn't believe in bras either, does she? You have this thing about women not wearing bras. What is this? I don't know. It just worries me. Why? Because I'm a bit nutty about nipples. <laughs> moving it, moving on, Dennis. No, what I, what I was going to say is that you know after he's framed, he obviously because he's because something's happened in his past, mm. he gets to, he can't cover the the bail conditions, so he gets sent to county jail. Have you noticed that every single other person in the jail was black? And one of those, one of the guys is the guy is next to the guy that Liotta brought in. That again, I felt was too unrealistic. Because I feel like that's that's it's because imp- it's implied that Ray Liotta put him in the cell next to him for that. Yeah, reason. yeah. And I just felt that kind of broke the realism of. I'm not saying I'm not saying there's there's a lot of realism in this film, but it's it, it's it's like you say it's very nineties. Yeah, it's a little over the top, but I I dig it. But I, I just, think it was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I like I really like both of these films. So it's gonna be really hard to to compare yes, and contrast. Me too. So, but yeah, it was those little bits of he's. He's too good at everything, sort of thing. Um, that was the well, us maniacs, huh? Yeah, usually I guess they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where we get worried for so long. All right, Ted Bundy. No one's, no one's caught me yet. <laughs> um, well, if, if if they do, I'm going to implicate you in everything. Um, did you like? Uh, did you like the lawyer? I like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Moving yeah. on. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you my Ray, Ray Liotta to my Kurt Russell? No, um, lawyer. So <laughs> lawyer. Yes, yeah, the lawyer. lawyer. What do you What do you think of the lawyer in it? I've seen. I think he plays a lawyer in everything. That guy. I think he. I think he's absolutely useless. <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically comes in, and goes, "Yeah, you're in some serious trouble." 
this isn't my area of expertise. I'm going to hand it over to my friend. <laughs> the, the only good thing he does is 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 get the bail money so he can get him out. Yeah, um, his house. Like, yeah. it's, good, it's a good mate. That's a good oh yeah, thing. he's he's a, he's a good friend and stuff. But he's just as a lawyer, I don't really know what he brings to the party. Um, here's here's a question. Uh, we get we get to the finale of the scene. He's paid to get him out. There, there's a a chase. Uh, there's a chase on. Um, do you think Madeline Stowe should have resolved this, like killed him, whatever, and then Russell gets back? Or do we do we need the resolution because of the stuff he's gone through and she's gone through that they need to do it as a team? Or would you prefer it if it was just Russell, maybe? I right, but I I I think that the team thing is showing that they're united again. You know, that, that you know, she trusts him, he trusts her, you know, all that crap was happened before, it doesn't matter anymore. And I also like the fact that to start off with, Madeline's the kind of the one who's, you know, trying to get to Rayleigh Otten, trying to do that. So she does a little bit. Then obviously Kurt Russell comes in, he does his little bit, mm. but then together as a unit, they beat him. I think I think if it was now. I think I think it would have left like his arc wouldn't have been complete, Kurt Russell, if he didn't finish the the masculinity angle. I, I think it's it's something that he probably did need to do because I think it would have been left very unresolved otherwise. Um, but I think maybe I think maybe in a modern a modern film, uh, I think we would just have Stowe do it. I think he wouldn't get out of jail. Yeah, probably. I but I, I do like the fact it actually you know he unleashes the beast you know he's been pushed that far and he, he wants to protect you know his family he wants to kind of protect his his livelihood and stuff and he he kind of takes him to task a little bit don't he? Yeah. you know yeah absolutely that bit when he rams his head through the con you know the window yeah, and stuff it's great it cuts his face yeah and, it, and you know he, I, he really does kind of lose his shit but again when it, when it's resolved they both looked a bit shocked about it as well I, 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 you know, I, I think it's, I, I think looking at it, it, it closes the circle on, on the story arcs. Yeah, I, really, I, 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 I agree. I, I agree. I, um, I just, I just, I, I was thinking because just before it ended, I was like, I don't see how he's getting out of prison for a start. The bail was too high. I was like, he's not getting out. He's just going to have to stew in his cell. Um, but obviously, then they pay the bail, and then the race is on. And then I was like, is she going to figure it out? Is she going to? Do this, and like I did think a little bit as well that I think she should have cottoned on a bit earlier. I did think she was a bit late in cottoning on how how bad a guy he was. But again, that's part of his yeah, charm. I think that's part. Sarah, of Sarah wouldn't have cottoned on. <laughs> so it, to me, it's believable. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, he, he could, he could, she could have come downstairs and Ray Liotta was there naked, banging one out, and she would. You want a cup of coffee? <laughs> Be with you in a second. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I also I, think, I also think as well as a seduction piece of clothing that Madeline Stowe puts on, isn't it, it, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult. <laughs> she takes her ages to get it on. I wanted to say this as well. Like, I think this is like I've seen a lot of Ray Liotta performances, and he tends to play the crazy guy, and he's got that laugh, hasn't he? Like, <laughs> kind of laugh. And I think this is actually one of his better performances because it's quite a subdued, psychotic performance. Until we get kind of to the end where he's like, you're just a whore, you're a slut, I'm going to fucking show you, you get, open your legs and all that. Like, we only get kind of glimpses of that throughout. But most of it is just this icy, cool, charming, affable persona. 
and and even right the you know in the finale still for the most part pretty pretty relaxed and pretty like are oh, you trying to go for the gun do you think i give you a loaded gun you know he's absolutely calm and collected it's only when the violence kicks off really and and he gets mad and and things like that that he really and it's only slight so you know you know he's really mad when he turns that on when he snaps but I, I think it's one of his, honestly, one of his best performances. After, I, I have to say, I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know how many. No, I, 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 I think he, I think he's a good actor. But I, I, I agree. This is a slow burner for him. You know, you, you see glimpses because he's both both movies. You know, the police. So that, it's ten, their eyes. that tension ramping up, and, that build up. You see, you see just a, a moment in their eyes, and you think, oh. Well, that's a bit mental. There's a bit of crazy behind them, but no, I think I think he's he's brilliant. The, the film did remind me of Michael Keaton movie, where he Pacific moved in, Heights. Pacific Heights, yeah, yeah. It, it had because that's nineties. It's you know, it had a little Ra- bit around of, the same time. Yeah, I think yeah, it might be yeah. the year, maybe the year after, possibly. So I had I had that kind of that in in the back of my head, and that's a little bit similar. He's manipulative. He's this. He's that. But really, he's absolutely mental. Um, and really, kind of a bit and psychotic, but no, I, I think I think it's a satisfying ending. I I I kind of think if Madeline had, had done it on her own, had killed him, and then he'd come in, he would feel like he's not he's still less of a man. Yeah. He feel like he still can't protect her. Yeah, you know. But, he, but I also like that he goes too far as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because he yeah. realizes and he realizes that he's gone too far. Yep. And what I also like about that ending as well. Is all the way through the cat fucking hates him, and then right at the end, it's because he's a ma- he's a man again. He's yeah. masculine. He's got his, you know, he's, he's he's the alpha male, if you will. And the cat comes right to him. So that I thought that was kind of cool. Well, we smell our own, <laughs> and um, and the way they shoot that fucking pyramid from the beginning of the film, I'm like, that's Chekhov's fucking pyramid. They're gonna hit, she's gonna hit him with it definitely. There's no yeah, yeah, doubt yeah. in my mind. They've yeah, yeah. they've called attention to it. They've made the they made the fucking password thing. I, I love that bit though. That I yes. think that bit works where he changes yeah, yeah. the password before he gets there. And he's like, no, I didn't change the password. Yeah, like, I did. I, I did. You, I, he drops a lot of f bombs in this, Kurt Russell. I was surprised well, he, how many f bombs. He's angry. He's, I know, you know. I know, but I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I drop f bombs when I'm not angry. True. Yeah, that's fair. But it was just it was it was unusual. But I think it it kind of helped his like because his demeanor is quite calm, reserved. I'm a normal, nice guy, you know, white collar dude, and you really get into me. And it's like fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, when when you think of Kurt Russell, you think of you know big trouble in China. Mm. You think of Escape from New York, not LA. You know, you think about him quite being quite. A, I'll be honest. He probably did want to escape LA in this film. He, yeah, definitely. And for him to play this sort of character, where he's not the alpha male, he's not the kind of solver of all problems, you know, I, I, I think he plays it real well. I think that's one thing about Kurt Russell that a lot of people don't kind of, you know, he's got a massive catalogue of, of movies, and he does play completely different roles. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think got, he's one of my favourite actors, you know. Like- I think he's funny. I think he's. I think his comedy is really good. I think his action's good. Drama thriller is really cool, but yeah, I think he's one of those that has aged really well with time, yeah, as well. So I think both fan. both both films again like have really solid, good casts, very familiar yeah. uh, people. Um, you got Dick Miller in this as well. He yep. turns up. I love a bit of Dick Miller whenever I can get a, a little bit cameo. Of, 
But you love a bit of dick, don't you? I love a bit of dick. And, and an unlawful entry. Uh, and, uh, well, he's... J- Jonathan Kaplan, who directed this, was also... He directed The Accused yeah, yeah. and uh, Over the Edge with Matt yeah. Dillon and a few other things. He's also good mates with Joe Dante, so that makes sense. And, uh, and yeah, you've got... And you've also, in the background in the, in the police station, you've got... Um, uh, I'm going to murder this name. Is it uh, Jomi Honsu? You know who I mean. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean. There's, the there's, guy, a, there's, there's a few people in the back. Korath, Korath from uh, yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. That guy. Yeah. That's that's the one. The guy from Blood Diamond. That guy. Yep. I, you know, I, I probably butchered that that name. I'm very sorry, but I I I, have, I don't think I've ever heard it out loud. To be fair, but he was a he was the animated Black Panther as well, mm. which was cool. Um, but yeah, is there uh, anything else you want to say about Unlawful Entry? No. Solid film. I do recommend no, I- it. Yeah, I think it's a solid movie. I think it's a it's a good thriller to put on. It's a good date movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good kind of because you can leave the cinema, or you can leave the room, and go. See, you thought you settled with me. I'm not like him, am I? <laughs> <laughs> also, also all that tension you've got. To, yeah, yeah. That animalistic energy you can. Yeah. Can, you can let it out. Just let you want it me out. to um, relieve your stress? <laughs> Show me a Lakeview Terrace. But yeah, I'm just trying to think if there was anything else I, I kind of wanted to mention. The music. Oh shit! Yes, the I music. love the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm music. so glad you mentioned. So glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's it's almost like Halloween yep. meets meets Tubular Bells. Yeah, it's, and then and Ray Liotta has his own theme, like in Halloween, yeah. he has his own when he when he's in in you know crazy mold it but it mm. plays it yeah that's the, the, the soundtrack's great the i did i did great. i was like all the way through i was like this is fucking great it's uh james horner who has done fucking everything yeah yeah and i, I think it, him along with like jerry goldsmith are my two favorite underrated composers i think because they oh, yeah definitely jeremy goldsmith's great obviously everyone goes for like fucking hans zimmer and and fucking, you know, John Williams and everything. But those are my guys. I like Danny, Danny Elfman, I guess, as well. Oh, kind of Jerry Goldsmith. Crazy. He's like, you know, Rambo, First yeah. Blood, and yeah. um, Star Trek. Classics. You know, all these Classics. sorts. And he also did a lot of TV stuff as well, Goldsmith. Right? He did loads of TV shows. Pretty sure James Horner did the... Um, I think he did Jurassic Park as well. I might look that, look that up, but... John Williams. Just, yeah, I was that. No, yeah. okay. He did some. He's done a lot of stuff. Looking he's done loads. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. done, and it's not just films. He does video games. He does TV. You name it. He does it all. And he's got a huge, huge back catalogue. But I, I, I think this is one of his best scores. Absolutely, it's um, great. Yeah, it's 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 those two things. I'm trying to think something else that kind of sounds like it as well because it kind of turns into kind of a bit more of a almost like um. It's, I guess it's kind of like a, a kind of a general police procedural type theme that that comes yeah. up in well, and because it's not it's not like a lot of these movies, a lot of the kind of composers you said that the kind of perform marches, you know, like the Superman and Star Wars and the Dark Knight and stuff. This this is kind of a bit more under the skin, I think. Yeah, it kind it's of little... it creeps up on you, but it really it opens the film and it really sets the tone straight away. Um, it's great. So much so that that opening scene is really tense and and thrilling. It is a thriller. It is a thrilling thriller, and that's and, what you want. And I also like the fact it starts. I know that sounds silly, hmm. but there's none of this long prologue over you know this that, and the others happen that and the other the movie. It's like this is the, this is the movie. This is how it starts. Well, well, these are the people involved. Well, it's it's great brevity for storytelling because they get their relationship 
you understand their relationship straight away and the problems they have or the things they're not talking about. But And then you get the break-in and then Liotta straight in, bam. And again, it just ends as well, which is sometimes I actually prefer that once the thing is resolved. It kind of just ends. Um, you don't like some people probably want a bit more, but I think that was enough. I got everything I wanted out of it. I don't need to go. I don't need to see them with the police or explaining everything. That that'll happen. That'll be the boring stuff. John Hart, Amazing Spider Man. Ah, oh, there we go. James Horder. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. I, th- I was just looking through because I knew it definitely. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Do 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 do. Da, 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 da. Which yeah. I, which I think is the best. Um, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, by, by far. Spider Man scores aren't particularly great and you can't you know at least you can leave the cinema and and like do 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 yeah i do i do like the danny elfman theme because it, it does it does remind me of spider's legs like running along yeah, yeah. no don't get me wrong i don't mind <laughs> but, but you can't you can't hum that can you? Really. As you as you've just proven i can't do it i can't do yeah. it yeah yeah and the, fact, and the fact that you, the i know i know the sony on it but the fact they use it in the video game and mm, do, okay. do 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 anyway sorry yeah, and nice. titanic oh, that was it yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I read that. He wrote, he wrote, my heart will go on. Yeah, so, but he must be making a fucking mint off of that. <laughs> well, I don't think he has to work that hard. Probably, but he does. He, he's constantly working. So. And he, he he also did uh, Magnificent Seven, the new one. Yes, because he'd be very old otherwise. <laughs> I like the new one. We should do that. We should. Yeah, the new ones all right. As yeah, as, re- as, re- as remakes go, that was all right. I like it a lot. I like anyway, it, I like it a lot. But yes, so I like you too. Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll do. I'll do. Um, yeah. No, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. It was fun. It was entertaining. Great performances. Great music. It shot really well. It's it's sharp and crisp. There's a lot of intrigue there. There's a lot of it, it, like you're glued to it all the way through. So, uh, highly recommend this one, and highly recommend the next one, Lakeview Terrace. So what is similar or different about this one, Dennis? Well, similarities are a uh, new couple moved to a street. The Los Angeles Police Department are heavily involved. There's in-your-face racism. The male lead feels that he can't control what's going on and feels a bit, again, a bit emasculated, a bit kind of, he wants to be the big, you know, the man to protect his, his missus. Fails miserably. It's got a swimming pool scene. It's got the again the, the 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 female character takes a while for for them to kind of click on to what's actually happening, mm. but I like it. what's different with this is because the black characters not because he's been because she kind of hints at that in one of, mm. one of the scenes in it he's moved there because a big job and a project he's doing just like Kurt Russell kind of moved yep. where he want to be there's, there are a lot of but for me I think the, I think one of the biggest the differences in it is like I said the the racism bit mm. is in there I think. It could be made right now today, and it would still hold up well. Yeah, I think I think I think the themes in it are very much the black and blue type stuff yeah. again. And yeah, it, it, it would. <laughs> I, um, you know, I'm surprised. I'm actually kind of surprised they've not even talked about doing a film like this after the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be. I'm quite shocked that they haven't thought. Oh, we'll do that again, or we'll call it something different, or we'll we'll try a different spin on it. Um, but yeah, what's interesting about this is this is kind of like it's it's almost like a reverse black exploitation movie in some ways, because you've got this authoritarian 
almost fascist policeman in a way, and he doesn't like to dick around. It's almost like an inversion of uh, of the racism. So the black guy is the racist, which, you know, obviously can happen in real life and is true, but it's not something we often see on screen, which is which I found really fascinating about this, well, actually. enough, um, Samuel Jackson's done it a couple of times. Okay. Been, been the black, because he was diehard. I had three racist in that. To be fair, Bruce Willis walks in with a sign that he's been he does. There. He does, but they do discuss the fact that he doesn't like white people. Yeah. So and and the other one, which I can't remember, but he's he has played he has played that kind yeah. of protagonist a few times. Yeah, but it's 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 interesting. He he has, you know, he has very strong opinions. He's very conservative. He says he's a Republican, you know, loves his guns, loves his security, loves loves his house. You know, he's worked all these jobs to get to where he is now, to have his kids in good schools, in a good neighbourhood. I mean, the Rodney King thing in, in the previous film is very subtle, but it is there. It's, you know, it's implied that Ray Liotta is a bit racist and a misogynist, uh, much, pretty much just like Samuel Jackson's character as well. But here, Lakeview Terrace is actually where the Rodney King incident happened, the exact same place. So it's, it's literally... It's putting it front and centre and saying, this is what this is about. And yeah. and then again, Samuel Jackson references Rodney King within the film. So it's very much front and centre. And it's like, so I, want, I don't want to say it's in your face because it's not. I, no, I don't, I don't. It's not a political move. No. In, in no. any way, it's, it's, a, it's a thriller, mm. but it doesn't shy away from what everybody's thinking while watching yeah. it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't sugarcoat the fact. No. And one of the one of the a big differences why it also shows the the police being, you know, dickheads basically. Yeah. In it, and it, you know, what somebody I remember, you know, the biggest organized crime, the biggest organized crime organization in America is the police. The party situation, they're all just really as bad as everybody else. You know, they're all there, you know, covering for each other and this, that, and the other. And and again. Go back to the kind of the, the Rodney King and the Black Life Matters. That was one of the things that came out of the fact they were all like covering for each other all the time. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I, it's not a political movie. Yeah. Some of the some of the subject matters are you know they don't shy away from it and it you know they do say it and yeah. yeah. But it's not. That's not the beating heart of the movie. The beating no. heart of the movie is Samuel Jackson being racist. Doesn't like a mis a mixed race relationship couple, couple mm-hmm. married mm-hmm. couple and that's his problem and again that's that's his issue and that's what patrick wilson brings up he's like and what's interesting about this one opposed to to ray liotta is he's almost antagonistic from the start yeah. but then but then pulls it back every so often but it's only it's only to get in closer and to twist the knife a bit more and to and to play them off the couple get off against each other or to to fuck up or and again it's implied that he's been in the house quite a lot much like Ray Liotta has like coming in and out as he pleases do you, do you remember um uh, Sidney Poitier's um guest who's coming to dinner oh yeah 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 classic yeah and uh, they remade that um in the early 2000s with Ashton Kutcher but they they inverted the racism so yeah so so it's a black family being racist to the white dude as opposed to the white family being racist to the black dude and and I feel like this is this feels like it was a film before the other way around, but they flipped it. Like the best one of the best things in it is is how this couple is introduced 
into the story. Like Samuel Jackson gets up, sends his kids off to school, sees this new couple moving in, and it's a white-haired uh, black gentleman and a young uh, black woman. And he assumes, okay, he's a rich daddy, and she's like, you know, you know, a sugar daddy type thing. And they're very close, and they're kissing, and they're like, oh, very, you know, nothing, nothing like full on snogging or anything. And then the they make comments about the the working guy, the mover, being a white guy, and how much is he getting paid? And it's like, yeah. And there's all these kind of really quite offensive throwaway comments, but not out not outwardly offensive. And then he sees the mover kiss uh, the black woman and realizes that they're the couple. And it's that racist assumption that I think a lot of pe- white people will make about it, certain yeah. ethnicities. I, I think what's what's really good about that is is typical, you know, very good acting is the fact he's smiling when he sees the older guy, the the two black people together, the yeah. man and the woman. And then as soon as he sees, you can just see this kind of disappointment in his face and he like looks down and straight away that's it isn't it you know and he has got you know he, like he said they've got he's got a tragic backstory yeah which gets explained through the movie and becomes even more tragic yeah well i, I mean even ray liotta did didn't he like yeah. he got he got shot and and he you know because of that he goes a little harder each, each and every time he tackles somebody because he doesn't want to have that again and and then with this one we don't really learn it until probably the third act i'd say yeah. it's pretty late on but they have a sit down drink and and they start discussing and and talking about their issues again and he brings up that his wife died in a car crash and she wasn't she was they apparently judged on by the color of her skin and didn't get to her soon enough she died didn't know she was related to a cop and then he's like oh well she was out with her boss who also died in the car but why was she there? She's a nurse. She should be wiping some old person's ass. What was she doing there? So he's implying that maybe she was having an affair as well. So yeah, but there's a lot of these kind of again, he's making some huge kind of racist well, he, assumptions, isn't he? She, she, he says that he was white as well. Yeah, oh, that's that, that, it as well. Yeah, that that's that he, well. that, he, that he was white. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about but he, that. He um, I think also with this one, it's a bit of a, more of a slow burner. Because the sort of stuff he's doing is just to wind him up, really. You know, yeah. bright lights shining through the, the window, joke kind of parking tickets because the van's slightly over, you know, picking up cigarettes, what, you know, Patrick Wilson trying to hide from his missus. So a lot of things are kind of just typical little shitty things that if you have yeah. bastard like neighbors. A bad, yeah, a bad neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. That you have. I, I, again, I think one of the big turning, both movies have, have a moment in it that everybody kind of takes up stock. And I think it's the party, the moving in party. When he has a go at the guest, basically, you know, he, he has a kind of stands up, doesn't he? And what are you saying? You've got something to say and walks over to the, this girl yeah. and asks her what 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 she's about. And she talks about kind of like, you know, you please her a bit, but a bit hard and a bit, a bit brutal or whatever. Mm. But I think that is the moment that people do see that. Hang on a minute. He's not just this kind of big authoritarian. He's a bit too much, really. And there is, like I said, there is, there is. He doesn't like, and they have the conversation, don't they? After that, basically saying, "You don't like me. You don't like. You don't like us. You don't like the relationship type thing." And I think he sees because he how he explains it is that white after his wife died, Patrick Wilson says whatever sort of thing, talking about other stuff. He goes, "Well, that's a typical white person's thing. Is whatever you think you can take what you want. You think you can do this." So in his head, his wife was taken from him by a white person, and now he's seeing this this attractive, you know, um, successful black lady being in his his terms taken 
mm. by, a, by a white guy who who just looks after supermarkets and things. And even and even he uses like race, racist terms for her as well. Like yes. it's and this kind of sexualization of her and and things like that and yeah it's it's quite disturbing like some of the some of the things that are said and done and and he puts like a screw in the air conditioner was it air conditioner yeah yeah, air conditioning. Air, yeah yeah you know and implies that he's been in the house and and i i think there's there's a lot to be mined here and again it, i was saying to you earlier a bit off off the podcast that it reminded me a bit more of changing lanes with samuel jackson yep. And and there is that like one-upmanship. There's like, well, you fuck me over, I'm gonna fuck you over, you will fuck me over. And then it ramps up and ramps up and ramps up. And the problem with that film, spoilers for changing lanes, is that they forgive each other at the end and help each other out, which I felt was an absolute cop-out for the entire the entire film. They're ramping up this tension, and then they don't they don't fucking bother. It's it ends nicely nicely. I was like, even one of them's gotta die, and even accidentally. Because there's been this much tension, there needs to be some fucking thing that needs to happen. It can't just be like, oh, love conquers all. You know, it's not. I don't want that in that kind of film. I don't need that in that kind of film. But with this, I think I think they nailed the ending. But I, could, I also think they could have turned it up a little bit more. And I, I also think it is a little rushed towards the end because that all happens in like one day. That like that party yeah. there are the 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 other play, people's party there's a break in goes to hospital comes back the fires are still raging then he discovers what jackson has done uh, that's a great moment as well so jackson um it's interesting though cuz he is again he's very antagonistic all the way through but he's got kids and he he cares about people. You you he knows this gangster who's like a white guy pretending to be black, and he makes some uh, horrible comments about him as well. But also, he's a child molester. So you're like, uh, okay, where do I stand here? Am I am I okay with him brutalizing and threatening? But also, he's that guy's a child molester. But also, he's okay because he works for him. You know, it's it's very complex, and and you feel bad for him. There's moments where he regrets what he's doing, or he changes his mind, doubts himself. I thought those were some of the most interesting bits where he's just like, oh, I fucked it. I fucked up here. I've done this. I've done that. And yeah, in that final moment, he basically has this this child molester criminal he has in his back pocket. He basically gets him to go in and destroy the house while they're out. But then she goes back early and he's like, don't go in. Like he tries to stop it. He's like, get out, get out, get out, get out. But she goes in, fighting shoes. She gets knocked down, hurt. And Sam Jackson comes in, kills the guy but they can't find the phone that he was calling him on and that leads to the that leads to the finale where Patrick Wilson finds the phone he calls it and then Abel Turner the character answers and then he looks over the, across the house Abel Turner's like hello hello sees him in the window and gives him this fucking look like you've fucking done it now you idiot now i'm going to have to kill you um and it was like what you were saying with Ray Liotta you get that that look that that's the turning point it's like there's no turning back now yeah. I have to kill you now. I have to murder you now because you've made me do this. There's quite a few. Uh, there's, there's a bit when he's talking to Patrick Wilson in the car very early on again. And he goes up to him and goes, you know, you can listen. To, he's listening to rap music um, and a bit of hip hop. And he goes, you can listen to this music all the time. But when you wake up, you're still going to be white. And, he, and it's like out of nowhere. You know, he's not Patrick Wilson just sat in his car. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not done anything. Yeah, it's sat on the sat on his drive, 
black lace. And again, again, it like it start like the whole thing just starts off pretty kind of like you know you've had disagreements with your neighbors or you've been making too much noise one night or something like that. But it just ramps up ever so slightly more and more, and they both start fucking turning the knife. He gets lights. He gets lights. He builds these bushes up. He chops them down with a chainsaw. Yeah. You know, and there's all this sort of stuff. And, going and on. there's a lot of sympathy originally from 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 the uh, wife, isn't there? Because yes, she, there's, there's, they have this argument in it where Patrick, because he's walked around the the um, patrol, because Abel does this, um, you know, home home watch type scenario thing. So they've walked around. They've had loads of stuff. He's basically said, "Move out," sort of thing. So he's he's gone back. Well, that's that's his... what he's doing, isn't he? He's yeah. pointing at all these houses and like drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. he beats his wife. He does this, yeah. and you know for a fact that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's saying it to get him to move because he's trying to get him to know it's a bad neighborhood. He thinks yeah. think it's a bad neighborhood, and he, he's talking to his his, his wife about it. And she, he goes, "I I know him." He goes, "You don't know him," and it's, it's implied that you, you don't know him because you've not had his lived experience. You've not been him. You know, he's, he's a black guy. You don't know that. Hmm. And then when they have the, the party, everyone else has brought alcohol and things, and he brings a book about black history and gives gives it straight to her sort of stuff Good. as well. Yeah. So that so he she's a bit more sympathetic hmm. up until probably when he slaps his daughter, which is a brutal scene. Yeah. That's like, Jesus Christ. That is full on. Didn't see that coming at all. No. Um. And you do start to have a little bit of sympathy for him because he's trying to bring up these these the two kids. The teenage girl doesn't want to be told what to do. Mm. Um, the little boy doesn't really give a crap. He's just happy to kind of plod on. But every time, every every second, you think, oh, oh, you know, it's not really his fault. He then goes and does something really, really yeah. shitty. <laughs> and I, but you know, you know what, you know, what I think, and and I don't know whether this 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 was a, was a conscious effort by the director, but the backdrop of all this is bushfires in LA. So you've got these fires mm-hmm. starts off far away, and then you know when when the first thing starts to happen, they're not too bad. But by the end of it, by the mm-hmm. the fires on the doorstep, even though the, so it's it's almost like it's a, literally a slow burner. Yeah. So no, I don't I, know I, that's that's definitely that's yeah. that has to be there's no accident there it's it's the fire that fire is raging within them the yep. fire is raging and that's and that's come to its ultimate conclusion in that scene um i did kind of wish maybe they were in the away from the houses like they'd they'd gone into the forest or something maybe and then we could see the burning trees and shit I get, I get that it kind of has to happen on that street because that's where the whole film has been. That's what it's about. And, and very similar to the other movie, you know, Patrick Wilson loses his shit and puts up a proper fight, doesn't he? Really kind of hurts him, and mm. that kind of that that all that tension, all that anger, everything just just comes out on him at, at the end. And again, there's that manipulation that comes in from from the cop as well, like Ray Liotta as well. He's like, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. He's attacked me. I've not got a gun. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You know, just that abuse of power because, yeah. you know. Well, he, says, about- well, he says, I'm the police. You have to do what I say. Mm. <laughs> you mm. know. But he believes oh. that. He yeah. believes But he oh, yeah. absolutely believes that's his God-given right it, as it, a police it, it's, a, it's a bit like training day with with Denzel yes. Washington, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm the police. You do what I say sort of stuff. <laughs> I like the way it's a shock for all the neighbours as well. <laughs> Nobody really <laughs> sees any of this coming. <laughs> You know, they're all like, "Oh, look, uh, okay then." Um, 
like that, the woman, the woman at the party, saying it's so good to have a have a, a police officer on the doorstep just in case. Yeah, and again, and again, that the, he's talking again about these kids down the side of the the housing, and they're like, oh yeah, all these naughty kids down the side of here, they're going to be breaking in. I've got to have these lights on. I love that where he's like, oh well, the manual, you know, I've got to do all this thing to turn off the lights, and yeah, have a beer, no more, no worries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like the the, the bush cutting scene. Because to me, that's that's like a proper neighbor thing, trying to hit each other with sticks and things yeah. through the fence. It was, quite, it was, it was a, li- it was, a li- it reminded me a little bit of Peep Show, where <laughs> there's a bit where he's like, "I'm giving you the broom," and he's shoving this broom. Through. It's like, <laughs> that's it. I'm giving you the broom, Jeff. I'm giving you the broom because it's, he's like, oh, he's a wife beater. He's 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 cheating on you. I'm giving you the broom. Get out. It was a bit like that. It made me chuckle. Well. Like Amy was saying, Samuel Jackson's turned into a Karen. <laughs> you yeah, know, is, you're, not yeah. ha- you're not having these bushes. Um, it's, it's a Karen. It's a Karen cop taken to the absolute extreme. I do feel. I do feel, again. This is a kind of another film that kind of just ends as well, which I think is a good thing. I think. Me too. I, I would like to. Have, I, I imagine that his sister, uh, Abel Turner's sister, would have just took the kids in because they obviously they go away. But that's again, that's another reason for you to kind of care about him. And again, it's a bit like Ray Liotta. I, I think they. It's it's interesting the 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 dynamic as well and and again I I uh, I like that Kerry Washington's character you know she's like sees him at the party and goes actually yeah he's he's not a good guy you're yeah. right yeah. he's not great but let's not make it worse and again she calls out the the toxic masculinity of it all she's like oh yeah. you got to do this macho bullshit but because yeah, he goes around to the party doesn't he he's like, oh you mm-hmm. got to do it because you're the masculine one. And, it, and again, it shows the strength of the couple. He's ri- he's like smiling when they're having an argument. He's like, right, I've got him. I've got it now. I know what to do. And he sends around a video of of him being pinned down and the stripper going on him, um, which he's forced to do by all the other police officers. He didn't want to, but she knows. Like she doesn't go. Oh, I can't believe she, they don't have an argument about him cheating on her or anything. Or like, how dare you get this fucking stripper and everything? She just knows it's just him trying to fuck with her. I also think Patrick Wilson's character in it. Is not likable as much as the Kurt Russell character, because no, there's the, no. the whole thing around the baby and the family and this that and the other, and he's, you know, that he he does do some shitty, you know, he picks his moments, doesn't he, to say things, but it's like you said, in the end, love does conquer all. all. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so it's quite again. There's there's those similarities as well. And do you, do you notice it's not the um, LA police at the end either? It's the state troopers. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not his colleagues. Yeah. But is that cop? It is that cop from from the first break in because he no. comes. No, one no. of them is because he's no. That? Yeah, one of one of the, the the state trooper came earlier at the first break in, and he said, it's "Oh really- yes, yeah." Oh, when and he's filling the farm, and yeah, yeah, he yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. That guy comes back and he goes, "He's a cop. That's right. He's a cop. Yeah, yeah. He he knows he's a cop because he was talking to him but, when the know, first break in happened. And it, it's it's good thinking. You know, there's no way." Basically, they've they've had. A, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. That's clever. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's really, they, they, clever. Weren't, they weren't his colleagues. Mm. So they they run out. He's shooting. The car crashes. Blah 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 blah. And basically, Patrick's in a, a lose lose situation. He's got copper at the front of him saying, yeah. "Do what I say. I've not got a gun." Do and then behind him, you've got like twenty state troopers with all guns pointing to him. You know, you should have seen this coming. And turns it turns it mm. on him again. Throws it back at him, so he loses his shit. And you know, that's that's what kind of ends it for him. Really, yeah. losing his shit. But it's almost again him not resolving it in a violent manner because, like, obviously unlawful entry is great because it's doing that. But I think it 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 more it's a modern way of looking at that masculinity as well, mm. that toxic masculinity. And he he takes 
because he he doesn't act out he wants to and he's you know he's like I, I can't I don't know what to do and but he actually he he talks to him you know yeah. he, he he talks to him he tries to he tries to egg him on but he could it, it like that's that's what's real that's what a real man does he's protecting his wife yes. and he and he takes the hit that's well, that's, that's, that's what you spot on Dan and I think yeah. his first reaction is not to kind of is to get her out of the house, get her in the car, ring the police. They can deal with this. I can't. Yeah, you know and that's she, his we, first thing. And we learn she's pregnant as well, yeah. obviously. And there's a problem there. Is it is it implied that like Abel's messing with her pills, or did she? I just... don't know. I think she was sick, weren't she? Yeah, she was sick, she, and then she uh, said she. But then he checks the pills, and they're all yeah, there, aren't they? They've all been yeah. taken. It looks it doesn't look like she's missed any. But if she she's probably puked them up. Yeah, she, I guess. she had that. She had that, um, didn't she? When she got slapped, she, yeah, she yeah. was she was really scared. Got in, mm. puked up. Obviously, yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, that's right. Also, so that's that's probably what happened with it. But you're pointing out some really good details that I missed, Dennis. So thank you yeah, for that. No, no props. That's what I'm here for. He's the he. Even even after all this, after he's shot the guy, and you know, he, you know, Patrick Wilson goes around to to say thanks, mm. thanks, thanks for saving my wife. Thanks for you know doing what you did. The guy deserved it, sort of thing. You know, thanks. He's just not taking him on, is he? He's there water in his house because he doesn't want to go anywhere. This is my property, the fire. Again, he's 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 trying to be the nice guy. He's trying to mm. thank thanks thanks for helping. We're gonna, you know, pack yeah. up and move because of the fire. He can't move past it. Like that's and and Patrick Wilson, again, look just like Kurt Russell, that he's trying to find all the other options available. Like Kurt Russell tries to pay off Ray Liotta and he's like, not interested in money, mate. This is a bribe, this is bad. And he was like, whatever you want to call it, just take the money. And he's like, no. There's a couple of things like with with Samuel Jackson in this. Every time someone says something to him, he always turns around and goes, "Oh, what?" I counted seven times. He says, "Oh, what?" You know, what are you going to do about it? And then, and that's and that's absolutely what a bully would say. Yeah, and you know, to get the pedophile, whatever his face, to smash up the house, you know, caused by the fact that Patrick Wilson says to him, "We're not moving. We're not going anywhere." And he's like, "We'll see." And that's the next step was to get someone to do all that kind of stuff, mm. to make it look like it's it's a bad neighborhood and stuff. You know, whatever, and it just escalates from that. Yeah. But is that, or what? Or what are you going to do? Mm. And he even says that, like, um, lady at the party, doesn't, doesn't she? Or what? Yeah. So it's, it's stuff like that. There's little undertones of, of him just being crazy. But again... Well, that, but that's his, that's his whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. it. Like, he, he might not like white people using the term whatever, but his or what is that exact same thing. Oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah. Or what are you going to do about it? Because because that's, you know, he's like, oh, you use whatever, and then you just go and do whatever you want, you white people. And he, and he But that's his version of that. He goes, or what? Because I'm going to do it anyway, because you won't stop me, because I'm the police, and you've got to do what I say. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and that whole, that situation where... The, he goes to the house like there's two there's actually again another scene there's a there's a domestic dispute in both films mm. and they the cops again visit this domestic dispute and but this one goes a little more kind of uh, nastily in this film where he's beating his wife and and then she even tries to stop him because they know they're going to shoot him as well which is this there's a, lo- a lot of complexity in both of these films while still being really entertaining and 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 yeah, it's, and he goes and he finds the guy who shoots at him several times, and then he he gets the guy and he's like, "I'm going to shoot myself. I'm going to shoot myself with his shotgun." And then he pumps the shotgun, and he says, "Just fucking do it. Go on, just fucking do it. Make my day, sort of thing." Uh, and he's like, "You're even you chicken. You wouldn't do it." And he he puts his hand on the trigger, puts his finger on the trigger, and then he just breaks down in fucking bits. 
And then that's where he gets investigated and he's like, and he's got this long list apparently of, of things. And he's well, like, it is interesting when he sat there with, with the, with the, with the um, internal affairs and he goes, I just taught him a lesson. Hmm. I just taught him a lesson. Hmm. And then his partner backs him up, even though he's hitting with the barrel of and broke a couple of his ribs is, hmm. is, his partner said, Oh, you know, I've said that you didn't lay a finger on you back at work in a few days. Again, yeah. showing the um, LAPD in a lovely light. That's, that's another thing. Cause you think, but his mate likes him. He believes in him, and he he likes him, and, and he does thinks, he? Yeah, but is that there's that conversation? Yeah, when he says he's going to go for the sergeant exam, hmm. I don't want to be like you know, like you on the on the on the street for like twenty odd years and stuff. And hmm. I think he said, the, I think he says you like it more than I do, or I yes. don't like it as much as you, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a job for him, kind of thing. So there is, I, I there's tension between them. Now, whether he's backing him up because he respects him or because he's scared of him or whatever, you, mm-hmm. you don't know. But all his colleagues seem to... Well, they don't do it because when they came out, they're, they're all having a he joke. Thinks, because, yeah, they think he's... Uh, Samuel Jackson thinks they're making a racist joke about him. But then there's another black guy there as well. So I don't know if... Yeah, and he's like, they're just talking about a party. But it's the way... He, they, the, it's almost like they are scared of him. He's got a bit of an edge for him. Maybe it's because he's like that, you know, like that, that school teacher in... And you know, he used to walk into him and everyone shut up, kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Maybe it's respect, maybe it's fear, maybe it's a bit of both. But there are there were definitely little moments where yeah. unlike in Lawful Lunch, where you know his partner knows he's, he's slightly unhinged. Hmm. There's, 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 there's something around, there's an aura around him. Yeah. Um so but again, again, he cares, like he knows he's in trouble, he knows he's not having a good time, knows like even says, you know, it's been rough. I'm not sleeping. You know, I, you know, we've all had our bad days and we've flown off the handle and we've said something we regretted or went a little bit too far. You know, not not as far as Samuel Jackson goes, but you know, you know, we'll have we'll have raised our voice. Like you said, it, it feels like we've lost when we've when we get to that point. And yeah, and and you can kind of again, it's there's a lot of relatability. I think it was very. They could have very easily painted him as 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 a real bad guy, but I think if they did that, arguably that's a bit racist. You know what I mean? If it was yeah, just yeah. if he was an out and out villain, an out and out villain, I think it would be seen as racist. But because he has these moments and these these character things and these like oh friendly moments and this you know he's not too bad. Oh his kids are all right and this and that and oh he's got this tragic backstory which kind of explains this. Um, and I think in a way it does help, but also I think in some ways it detracts from the story a little bit as well. I think, you know, a lot of people complain about like Batman Returns, like, you know, the Penguin is this, you know, sewer-dwelling monster who we have to like, who who he wants us to sympathise with and the film sort of wants us to sympathise with, but also he likes to drown little children, little babies. So there's that, like, where am I, how do I feel about this character? But isn't that every Marvel movie? Pretty much, pretty much. You have, yeah. you can't just have an out and out villain. You have mm. to have some sort of, you know, you, you should sympathise with him a little bit. Mm. I don't sympathise with him. He did some awful things. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's we all we all we all have traumas in our life. We all have stuff. And what makes you the better person is how you deal with them. Absolutely. And and his motivation is racism. Mm. His Absolutely. motivation is he does not want Patrick Wilson, mm. a white guy, in his world. And that's, I think that's what because it's a, con- it's a it. like you were saying earlier. It's a constant reminder, yeah, of his wife and what she yeah. did. Because, um, the, because the, it's also you look at it from a history point of view. You know, maybe that's why he gave her the, the, the history book. It's 
you know, slavery, the white Colonialism. man doing this, yeah, white man yeah. doing. So it, it's almost that as well, I yeah. think. Well, well, that was. I think that's kind of what he's saying when he's doing the whole whatever speech. Yeah, I think it's like you white people of mm. historically done yes. whatever you want colonialism you name yeah, it take what you want do what you want um yeah. I, I do think one of the best lines though is done by the the lawyer who's the dad mm. because um how do you get with the police because well you you have got the um, color issue uh and you think he's gonna say black he says blue you know i think that's a re- you know again they're not racist they're it's mm. police the, the police is the issue not the yeah. color of his skin it's a really i think it's a really good script i oh, think yeah. it's, it's a really sharp really and again it doesn't like it brings up the subject of race, but it's it doesn't and racism and racially aggravated crimes. And this was actually this was also based on a real life incident as well. Mm. Not not just Rodney King. There was a specific thing that happened between a, a young couple and a police officer, and that's what this was inspired by. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it doesn't like it's not like white people solve racism, you know. It's not one of those films, or you know, it's not like The Help, for example. No, no, like, but like it's, white, it, white people trying to solve the racism in the world. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not American History X. It's no. also not like Higher Learning and and these sort of, sort of movies, which I must admit I do like. You know, I, I think Higher Learning is a great movie, mm. and I like the fact that Higher Learning paints pretty much everybody as dickheads and possible, and everyone can be a bastard. Where obviously, you know, American History X is a complete different story but yeah to me american stress is a political movie higher learning is a political movie this isn't this is this is entertainment with subtle sometimes a little bit on the nose you know messages about things yeah. and i think if it went too far it wouldn't be entertaining i hate movies that preach to me you know i've got my own opinions i've got my own stuff and it just so happens that i'm not racist i'm not anythingist hmm. people can be do whatever they want but i think it would turn a lot of people off if it was like proper in your face with, yeah, with kind of so. the undertones, but it doesn't have to do that because the, the, the characters and the actors and the script does all that for you. The delivery of it. Again. Yeah. And I think, I think that because it's got such a, a magnified focus on his problem, his personal racism and his view of the world, I think that's, that makes it for the better because I think, I think, Again, if you start trying to address those issues, it, you know, in such a small film with such a short runtime. But again, it's kind of the throwaway lines like, oh, you know, be careful because, you know, he's a brother, um, yeah. you know, and and this. Or, or when she, I thought that there's a really good scene where the daughter of Abel Turner and, and Kerry Washington are discussing like, interracial relationships and you know what is it and you know do i like him do do i go for it is it going to be hard because we're we're white and we're black i'm black and he's white you know what's going to happen with that and i thought that was really and again that leads to one of the more shocking moments in the film that you mentioned earlier with the slapping um but i also like the fact that she doesn't she doesn't say whether it's going to be easy or hard no she just her own experience of it is this which I think is really clever because, again, it could have been in your face. Hmm. Um, but, she, you know, she, you should like him a lot. You should do hmm. this. You should do any sort of advice you should give a 15-year-old. doesn't matter who they want to date. That's hmm. the sort of advice you'd give. Yeah. Um, not about colour, not about this, that, and the other. It's just about a boy and a girl. Yeah, exactly. Keep it, keep it simple. You like who you like. That's what they exactly. say. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And- I like you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah but i i think it's really it's a really smart um thriller again it doesn't it again plays with those ideas once like some people will probably be quite uncomfortable watching mm. this film but 
again, it's not solely about that. Like when we watch Black Christmas, that Black Christmas remake was very much in your face. Yeah. Every man is a dickhead type thing. Um, you know, and there's there's better films that do better feminist messages than that. I mean, I can't really say, obviously, I'm I'm a man, but I, I just felt that one was it was just constantly being referenced or, you know, and it didn't add to the story. If anything, it detracted from the story and got in the way. But with this, I think it's a good, they've got a they've struck a really good balance that you're intrigued and you're asking questions and you and it also like it's it, you know what? When you come out of a film and you start thinking about something, messages or ideas or themes, you know, and you're like, oh, what would I do in that situation? Or have I ever been, have I ever been, have I made a racist assumption about someone? Have I done this? Have I done that? You know, and you start thinking about your own worldview and how you are out in that world and how you approach and what you do within it, how you operate. That's a good film. You've you've been changed because of that film. And I'd like to think that I don't judge people on colour of skin or height or sexuality or whatever, I judge them whether they're dicks or not dicks. Mm. And that's it. If, if they fail the arsehole test, doesn't matter what they are. <laughs> it is the same. And I bet I fall, I bet I have I haven't passed the arsehole test a few times as well. <laughs> just just on this podcast alone, Dennis. Shut up. <laughs> it's lucky it's lucky that you're looking very handsome today. Um, I am I am I am sharp and sexy. You are you are oozing Oozing sexuality. Look at you, just like just like Ray Liotta. Ooh. You, but no, I, 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 again, I think the story arcs all come to an end. Well, mm. it would have been nice to see what happened to the kids, but none of the women were fridged, which is quite good. That is good, yeah. And they, and again, they become the solvers. They solve the problem yes. as well. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's it. And again, I like that this one doesn't have the again. Again, it absolutely. The other one ends with with Kurt Russell giving in and becoming like Ray Liotta, but this one. He goes, no, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to become that. I'm going to solve it in a non-toxic, like this is what my wife wants. This is what I want. uh, And this is the real masculinity. I'll protect my wife. And if I have to die doing it, then I've done it. Um, And I think that's the real message. I think mm -hmm. that's what you should take away from it as well. The fact you don't have to punch people in the face. You don't have to be this strong just protect the people closest to you in any way you can. And whether that's running away, that's the right thing to do. Well, on that lovely bombshell, um, See, I'm, not co- I'm not completely a dick, am I? See, you know. <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's uh, you know, you're not entirely all bad, Dennis. But uh, I'm an onion, a multi layered. <laughs> multi layered. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like Nougat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of layers, we've got some Go layers on. to unwrap. Let's oh, this it's is going to be difficult. It's, I mean, I say this about every every one of these podcasts. It's going to be really hard to compare. Um, what was the last one we did? Was it was it New Year's Evil and uh, Terror Train? I think. I think that was the, the last one we did. No, we did the um, British Horror. The um, oh yes, we did Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, Altaria. Yeah, that one wasn't that hard to do. I <laughs> no, there was think. a clear winner, weren't there? <laughs> there was. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so you know you know it, Dennis. You know the categories by now, but I'm just going to go through that them for the listeners if it is their first time. Um, so we're going to compare on five categories: writing, acting, music, cinematography, and direction. Uh, so writing, Dennis, which film had the better script? Oh, um, Lake View Terrace. I have to agree. Why? Why do you think that it has the better script? I think there's there's more depth to the script. 
there's more stuff going on around it references real life events i think even the throwaway comments are, are there for a reason so i i yeah it, it's a it's a modern script it's not the, the problem with 90s movies a lot of them you know it's, it's just to get them down get them out i'm not saying you know unlawful entry is a, a terrible script but i think the writing of it the story the pace of it i think lakeview terrace for me no i agree i think it's uh it's dealing with a lot more stuff and I think it expertly handles it without, again, you know, put, slapping it in your face. Is it expertly balancing the the racism aspect? Which, if anything, you know, maybe unlawful entry needed a bit of bit more of that, bit more of the politics and the real life stuff. Um, I understand why they wanted to avoid that due to the it being so soon after Rodney King, but you know, I, I think maybe it just needed a bit more of that flavoring, even though it is there very subtly. Um, I think Lakeview Terrace, there's a lot more manipulation going on. There's a lot more playfulness about it. And again, you don't think it's going to go where it's going to go when it does, I think. Mm-hmm. it's a li- I think you kind of know from the beginning of Unlawful Entry where shit's going. Yeah. But I think I think Lakeview Terrace is it's got a lot more going for it in that in that script. And I think it, it's yeah, it's it's a modern script. It's a lot more clever and it just handles the material expertly um it, you know unlawful entry the script could have been any like you said it could be pacific heights couldn't it it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's into it's kind of interchangeable in in a, in a respect of those early 90s thrillers um so there is there is that and the, and there were there any because you had the hardest and stuff like um a view to a kill uh and those another view to a kill time to kill time to kill um who, who dealt with these sort of subjects well on the nose and stuff and you know, late 80s, you had like Mississippi Burn and all sorts of stuff. So, mm. you know, you, you kind of had the movies that were full on, you know, looking at the kind of culture and racism in, in America. And then you had, you know, Lethal Weapon and this kind of stuff and Pacific Heights and, you know, um, Rear Window and all these other type, you know, re, yeah, a couple of remakes coming up and things. But no, I think I think Lakeview Terrace is, is the better, is the best written one. I 100% agree. Okay, Dennis. So next up, it is acting. Oh, um, this is going to be hard. I think. Oh, um, I don't know. Can we have a draw? Can I say the ball? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know whether you were saying whether... you were saying earlier that you thought Kurt Russell was a bit more likable. Yeah, I, I think. I think. He, but I don't think that's to do with his acting. I think that's to do with his story arc. I think his story arc is a bit more likable. It's like with with the Patrick Wilson one. There is this under, about the pregnancy and him being a bit of an ass around that. It took him a while to get used to it. Where I think Kurt Russell is the everyman, should we say? You know, he's just trying to do the best. Yeah. But I I I don't I I, I don't think I can pick. You start looking at kind of like the the, the so you look at the named people, mm. and then you go to the secondary kind of cast. I I think probably unlawful entry would probably just pip it just because the ensemble of the guy, of of the of the cast I think was stronger than the cast in Lakeview Terrace. If you take away the three leads, I can't re- don't really remember the other people around there were with you know yeah. got his partner. You've got kind of like is is lawyer. You've got all these other other little characters kind of pop up, and mm. they do influence the story. Well, got a few neighbors. You know, you've obviously got his 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 partner in it, but he doesn't really do a lot. I, it, I think it's it's minute, 
Well, I mm. would say, yeah, unlawful. Just based on the fact that I think the leads you can't separate, but if you look at the kind of cast as a whole, I think they're more memorable. I, th- I think they use the supporting cast a bit more. Like you've got you've got the the friend of Madeline Stowe's character as well. Yeah, She's the teacher. Yeah, you've got the partner has a real you know upfront role in this, and and is all, almost all the way through it is in it. I also think there's like Ray, Ray Liotta is terrifying when he's not saying anything. Mm, yeah, just stand in there. And I think I think because he's younger, because he's a bit more live, and he he has got that serial killer look. I you know Sam Jackson, fair play, he still scares the shit out of me. But I don't think he's necessarily as scary as, as uh, right. I think he's scarier when he's speaking. Yeah. But I also think with Ray Liotta, he, he's got this charm about him that he can be mm. almost, he's, he's attractive. He's like that, you know, you know, a bad boy that the girls go after with yeah. leather jacket and stuff. You kind of get that vibe off him he, when he's just normal. He's just mm. walking around. Yeah. So that's, that's why I would say that one. I also think, I also think Kurt Russell's, uh, I think Kurt Russell's performances. Again, like you said, it could have been, I think it could have been pretty one note. It mm. could have been a really plain part, but I think Kurt Russell brings something to that. Because let's be honest, there's not much to his character that much. No. There's there's not like, there's not a lot of depth or, you know, stuff in there. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, I think the script is still strong. I think it's a good script. But I, I think that could have been, if any other actor had gotten hold of that, I don't know how good that performance would have been. Well, Patrick Wilson could have done it. I don't think. No, I don't think you could. So, yeah. So on that, on that, we will uh, we'll go unlawful entry. So one each now. So it's getting tight. Say so this one. I think I think I know what you're going to say as well. And music, unlawful entry's got it. Because yeah, by, of that. by far. By my like the only things I can remember from from uh, Lakeview Terrace is just the kind of music, yeah. kind of some rap music and some kind of modern music for the time, but I can't remember a theme. No, I think the music is there to to bring on the kind of racism yeah. again, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. part where I think in Lakeview Terrace, the, 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 not Lakeview Terrace, in um, Unlawful Entry, the music it's is... It's diegetic music as well, isn't it? Because yeah, it's, coming, it's, out, it's, it's coming out of the cars, it's the radio, it's... It's a bit like slasher-esque. That. It's a bit kind of... The fact they give like, Ray Liotta's own theme kind of stuff, but like Mike Myers was clever. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, so next up, cinematography. Lakeview Terrace. Why, why Lakeview Terrace? Because I think I like the palette of all the bright sun and the pool set back to the kind of orange glow at night of the fire and the mist across. I think it's filmed on a street. Pretty much every every part of the movie is on that street. The way the street looks massive, I think the colours of the houses you know, stand out pretty well. I think, you know, it's it, Samuel Jackson's house is a completely different colour to theirs. You know, I, I just think I just think the whole kind of the way it's filmed, almost like by a like dollar, like a steady cam. You know, there's a lot of kind of yeah, straight adds, on. Kind of kind of adds to the realism a little bit. Yeah, well, I think I think again, were body were odd. body were body cams a thing at that time? Yeah, were they wearing, yeah. Were they wearing body cams in yeah. 2008? Yeah. yeah, I also I also think with unlawful entry, unfortunately, again, it, it suffers from probably age a little bit. I think it's very much close ups. To, to people's faces i think it's there's, there's not really many kind of um stage setting shots there's not many kind of like you know when you when you when you first meet people on like view terrace 
you, you'll see the houses, you see the background, yeah. Yeah. you see how far they are away from the city and how far away from, uh, from the fire. Yeah. You know, I, I think that there's not many, like the interior as well, you, you pretty much get to see the whole house hmm. where you don't in the other one. You get to see like three rooms, four rooms and the staircase. And I, th- I think it's much harder to kind of do a movie with the location being one location where Unlawful Entry kind of moved around you know, they're up on the hills at one point, this and the other. Yeah, I think with it's, Unlawful Entry, uh, it's very much focused on the performances, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very 90s. It's very, you know, cameras in your face, actions there straight away. You know, I watched it in HD, but if you watch the original cut, it's almost like a little bit grainy on purpose. Yeah. A bit like a lot of the, the, the kind of early 90s do, movies I, were. I do remember a lot of greys, but I think that's... I think that's to paint the moral grey of of the film as well. Yeah, but I think with 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 Late View Terrace, I think it what what makes it clever is that the colours are optimistic, the bright colours, the nice colours, and the and film, then when, the film is about colour. Yeah, and but then when it goes dark, those optimism's gone. You know, there's there's nothing there anymore. You've got this orange glow, this dread coming towards. I might be reading too much into it. But this is what I think. You know, the glow of the fire coming towards. So it's it's building into it. I also think seeing, you know, the police and stuff not in uniform as much as is you know seeing what they wear and you know the cars and stuff. I, th- I think that's. But yeah, I'd say Lakeview Terrace just just it. I just think it's it is a, a better shot, better color palette. And I think if you watched Unlawful Entry on the original kind of VHS stuff, it is grainy. Which I, I kind of like for a horror movie, mm. not so much. It's with very this one. Sti- It's very stylized. And yeah, it's very, it's... it's very of its time, and I and I appreciate it. I appreciate. Yeah, it. it's it's like it's like it's like every other kind of nineties movie. You know, again, Lethal Weapon. You know, look at Die Hard, Black Rain. Those sort of movies were. Yeah. You know, the the palette is. It's glum. You know, America at that time is glum, and I think that's represented in quite like if you go in the seventies. And look at kind of French Connection and stuff like that. The, the palette's very similar of that of that time period. It's it you know it's it's dirty. It's this and you know I think early nineties up until probably about ninety seven ninety eight. It's the same sort of thing. You know what, Dennis? Yep, you've convinced me. Oh really? I, I thought I was going to go from lawful entry, but the more you you've talked about that, I think actually it's yeah because I, I feel like it's like you know small set, small house. You know, cramped situation. Obviously, it kind of again strengthens this that particular film. But I think no, I think you've uh, you've painted that that argument very well, and I will uh, I will cede victory to yourself, and well, I'll hey. give you I will give you uh, Lakeview Terrace. Thank you. Next one though is the final one. So this is the decider. So so that's uh, writing for Lakeview Terrace, acting for all lawful entry, unlawful entry for music. Lakeview Terrace direction, Dennis. Uh, Which just, film was God? I don't. I I don't know. I I don't. I think I think they're very much you know capsules in time. I think mm. the, the directing style of Unlawful Entry is very much what it should be like. I've said this a few times. Very much of that time. I think it. I think it's great. I think the characters are well directed. Then the 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 action sequences and the dreads well done. Then you go up to this one. It's a lot cleaner. I bet these actors didn't need a, a massive a lot of directing going on. I think they, you know, almost sleepwalk through some of it. But I, I don't know. I would say they were, they were both very strong in that. I was thinking it, it's a thriller. It's all about tension. 
Oh, it was all about and, tension. And and I was I this this is my opinion. I was more riveted by the opening scene in Unlawful Entry than probably and the final scene and some of the other stuff that goes on in it than I was in Lakeview Terrace. I think I agree. I think some of it is kind of like again, it's that shaky cam style. I think sometimes that works, and sometimes it really doesn't. Uh, again, I'll agree with you on the cinematography. I do think it is better, but I think there's something about the way this that that this is put together, that unlawful entry is put together. Well, yeah, because it is a slow build. Yeah. You know, you, you are you have you have got those, and both Amy and Sarah both said they were tense through it and you, you know go. and the, the scene at the end when he's running and it keeps flopping you know the editing's really good yeah uh, that's what i was going to mention as well i think yeah. the thing is the way yeah. it cuts between things and it keep and again it's it's holding that tension and they're cutting right at the best time possible to maintain that tension yeah. the music is there and that supports it as well yeah very much so yeah so i think i'm gonna go for unlawful entry i agree well we have a winner unlawful entry so well hey Sarah will be pleased I thought as much again like you said um we all enjoy a good unlawful entry we do and Sarah wanted a good unlawful entry from Kurt Russell and Rayleigh Otter I don't blame her I do not blame her I do not blame her um but yeah I think I I do recommend both of these films I think they are both again very very good really strong great writing great performances um cinematography you name it. it's all good it's all great what's really weird about it, none of them neither of them did very well at the cinema mm. they, they found their um audience on vhs and dvd you know when when you start ordering stuff off tv and you know videos on demand they kind of found their audience then there you go cult hits which is what we do best here um so this has been really interesting actually i really enjoyed this one because uh we took, we discussed things we wouldn't usually discuss. I think, and, we, and we've been quite serious as well. Mm, it's quite yeah, quite a political one. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think you've been too offensive this time. So I'm not good. offensive anyway. I just said nothing <laughs> offensive. I know, I know. I'm kidding. Mushy, kidding. mushy tits and green balls. <laughs> there you go. You've 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 hit the nail on the head there. You've uh, you've just done what you said you would. I, I also think uh, the, co- the cover art for a unlawful entry is better as well. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the poster is. Yeah, I think it's really. I I like the bl- the blinds there, and again, it looked it looks very much like a slasher movie. Yeah, it's very much of that kind of vein. And I think it steers into that more than Lakeview Terrace. I think Lakeview Terrace is going for more of a. I think it's more restrained and it's more realistic. I think it it kind of needs that with the things it's tackling, but this can kind of unlawful entry can kind of go a little bit further because it is this kind of heightened reality and he can do all these magic things on the computer and all this. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, I recommend going and seeing both of these and watching them if you can find them wherever they are. Um, uh, get them on DVD, Blu-ray. I'm sure they're probably on Blu-ray now um, or wherever you want to streaming. I'm sure they'll be on. I bet one of them's on Amazon or Netflix. I guarantee. I think, I think they're both on Amazon for you to rent. Okay. There you go. Uh, do that. Pay that. YouTube, it's probably on as well, and other places. But that was the show. So we're okay. all done. We're all done, Dennis. But yeah, no, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good. It's something good. a bit different. And uh, I'm sure we'll do something a bit different again soon. Um, so, Dennis, are you on the social medias? Or are you still off them? Oh, I don't like them. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, I'll talk about, I'll do the thing I do best, talk about me. So you can All find about me. you. I'm just going to talk over you. I'll just talk no, over don't you. No, do, don't do that. I'm just going to talk do over that. you. 
Don't be, okay, don't be the, don't be the, don't become the the villain of these films. Don't become that okay. corrupt cop. Don't do it. Daniel, the floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, well, it is my show, so uh... yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, where can you find me on Facebook at Secret Balls, Twitter at Dan underscore Balls, uh, Instagram Spider Dan Secret Balls. Review, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. And don't forget to use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle when you interact with us. If you want to join the Prattalian and be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at www. Just the three W's, not that many W's. Dot Spider Dan and the Secret I'd like to thank my Patreon. On Patreon, I am Jack's Musing, Simon Cotton, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Scott Hodgson, Mike Burton, Angry Andy, Tonya Todd, and Tony Farina. So many now, so many. Did you say Tony Todd? No, no, Tonya Todd. Oh, right, I thought. Don't worry, she's been a guest. She's been a guest. She's lovely. <laughs> we're we're co- you're going to meet her this week when yes. we do our when we do our. Obviously, this is coming out in November, but this week we are. You're going to meet her as we do an episode of She Hulk podcast at large which is available over on the comics in motion it will be finished now so all nine episodes will be there go and enjoy it it's a bloody bloody good time and i do a she-hulk criminal case of the week which features a very obscure and ridiculous marvel villain and uh, which you'll all enjoy because they're all weird and shit uh, but i love them and those are the type of characters i want to see in she-hulk but there has not been that many as of yet uh, please get better she-hulk please get better uh, but again, thank you for your continuing donations on the Patreon. Uh, it is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. And if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast, please consider it. Right. Well, uh, thank you, Dennis. And goodbye. Always a pleasure, my friend. Goodbye oh. to everybody. See you soon. I hear the sirens are wailing. It's time for us to go. Bye. Bye.